fugitive emissions, growing concern for oil and gas producers. Today, we're going to talk about some steps you can take to prevent fugitive emissions from escaping your controllers and other equipment. It's stuff you should know about oil and gas production. Hello and welcome to Stuff You Should Know About Oil and Gas Production. My name is Curtis. I'm here today in Studio K with Jeff and Jordan. How are you guys? Doing well. Doing let me, let me, great. Thank you. Okay. Good. I didn't want to cut you off there. So let me make sure I get your titles right. Jeff, I'm blanking on your last name now. Port. Why would I blank? Yeah. I don't know. Jeff Port <laughs> is a product manager <laughs> with Kim Ray. That is right. A little giggly you got today. It. That's good. And Jordan is a applications technician. Uh, product applications technician. Sorry. Curtis. Yep. Okay. Do you guys even know my title? Uh, uh, Curtis. Let's do it. Uh, uh, creative uh, expert. Designer technician three. How the, what's the office line? How the turbos, tables have turned? Uh, how the <laughs> turntables have turned? How the turntables? <laughs> yeah. Content marketing specialist. Hey, that was there you go. So you first. know what? I feel like that makes sense. Yeah, okay. You are a specialist. Um, thank you. Um, Wizard, if you will. Mom says I'm special. So today, guys, we're not here to talk about that, though. We're talking about fugitive emissions and Let's some ways, it. some steps that producers can take to limit those, address those. So growing concern uh, among our friends in the energy industry mm -hmm. is trying to limit uh, the emissions coming from their equipment right. uh, as they produce oil and gas. And so yeah. pressures from all different directions that, that they're dealing with, setting their own goals even yeah. internally, a lot of companies are. Yeah. Um, and then regional differences there as well. Uh, so we're having conversations just like a lot of companies. Hey, how, how, how do we play into this mm -hmm. conversation? And so um, let's start here. Uh, Jeff, do you want to start just with fugitive emissions specifically, what does that mean? What does that yeah. term mean in oil and gas production? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that people reference emissions so often, we don't always highlight that there are different types of emissions. And so, um, especially with pneumatic products, there are emissions that are intended based on the function of that product, but fugitive emissions would be an unintended type of emission. So we have, um, let's say, some type of controller has a failure of some sort that is creating um, a leak point to atmosphere with whatever is uh, being processed, that would be a fugitive emission. So it was unintended. It's not part of the design of the product. It's essentially escaping gas. Without producer's knowledge or... Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So Jordan, some of these fugitive emissions, these these are a problem. So mm -hmm. where, where are they happening? Where do producers... Where might they see them on their... Really anywhere you've got a gasket or a seal, and I would say especially so around moving components within a product is where you're going to see where on the gasket or the seal. And over time, that's going to cause these kind of unintended fugitive emissions. So any rubber goods you have in, mm -hmm. your, in your valve specifically... That's it. Seating and unseating, some of those things. Okay. Absolutely. And uh, it can be other parts that aren't... Um, rubber as well so like kind of where those two things we talked about maybe an pneumatic controller that has some form of intended emission can meet the fugitive side of things um, is with pilot operated products for us i mean we see that pretty regularly where maybe the process conditions could actually start to what we would call trash out the pilot so there's enough buildup that gets into the system that it actually turns a normal function of venting 
into a fugitive emission because it can't seal anymore. And those are metal parts. So it's something that you should definitely consider um, with any sort of product. You know, what what does a full repair really look like? Um, what kind of maintenance a great would, point. would uh, go yep. into that kind of thing? So it doesn't necessarily only apply to rubber goods, gaskets, things of that nature. It's just the most common area right. of uh, premature failure, something that's going to get worn out over use. So metal is going to wear out depending, eventually, obviously, everything wears down, but but depending mm-hmm. on production conditions, like corrosion stuff Absolutely. in your production, is that what you're getting at? There's, that is one factor for sure that can affect it. Um, for pilot-operated products, I would say um, wet gas or high levels of condensate. Mm-hmm. That's a really common issue that can create uh, a fugitive emission problem. Okay, for is that like rusted out or how? Um, not necessarily. It can, but uh, really just the particulates in the gas that um, aren't completely. Um, uh, dry essentially can create buildup on those surfaces that are supposed to be sealing right. surfaces. Yeah. And so inevitably, if it's uh, more on one side versus the other, then it can create an issue where it's just constantly has a free path to escape to atmosphere. Got it. All right. So this kind of step we've been talking about a lot and encouraging our partners uh, to do and to take is, is preventative maintenance, uh, kind of a common sense almost cliche term, but what does that look like for an oil and gas producer, Jeff? Yeah, so it's kind of a funny term because you'd think like preventative maintenance and like where those things right. <laughs> sort of fall, it almost seems oxymoronic, yeah. but um, no, essentially the whole goal there is you want to take action before um, you're forced to. That's the whole goal behind preventative maintenance. So um, obviously you want to be aware of what your conditions are in your application with the process and um, the media that's flowing. Um, And then taking a proactive measure to set up a schedule, um, make sure that you're closely monitoring at least for a period of time, especially if it's a new well, new equipment, um, so that you know when the appropriate time to be proactive and take action, intervene before you're forced to, before it's a problem. Because um, the goal with preventative maintenance is to prevent fugitive emissions. I know we're going to get into this in a little bit, but we kind of have a boilerplate like, hey, 12 months at minimum, you need to check your stuff and, and make sure right. you're repairing what's going on there. Is What are you, when you talk to energy producers, what are they doing? Are they employing their own systems? Do they have protocols their company sets Depends up? on who we're talking to and also what level in the company we're talking to somebody. Um, the rule of thumb we give everybody is 12 months, but that preventative maintenance window can vary depending on the conditions that are uh, our products are in for sure um, so if you know if I'm talking to a design or a facilities design engineer uh, the, we'll give them that rule of thumb a little heavier than we will somebody that's actually like standing over the valve that we can ask direct questions about the valve if they've got it open I can ask them about components that they're seeing and have them inspect them in certain ways and we can get a better idea of whether or not they need to do certain things to the valve that way. It just depends really on who we're talking to. Yeah, I think a good way to view it too is a minimum requirement. Um, the goal is not 12 months, but we never would recommend anybody exceed 
12 months. You should always be taking action before that. And so, yeah, there are a large uh, portion of applications that could require something uh, closer to a month that you're taking a look at this and doing repair, just depending on how um, volatile the conditions of the application are. You know, what are you putting the product through? So, and I would assume, correct me if I'm wrong, this kind of, there's two ways this could be a challenge. One is maybe early production when you're not even sure everything the well is going to give you and what the conditions are going to be. Definitely. Definitely need to watch them close. Uh, but then alternatively on the, on the legacy well type situation and maybe it's one you don't visit as much because things are fairly steady. Sure. Well, out of sight, out of mind. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we see, we, we get emails of, Hey, this camera valve is 30 years old and it's still going. <laughs> well, that, that may be a problem if you haven't been out there to, to check it and, and yeah, for sure. Seals in 30 years. Right. Yep. Um, so I don't know if you guys hear have conversations like that in those two situations. Yeah, I know that we do in product applications. And something that I would really like to highlight is just to be mindful of this sort of preventative maintenance action that needs to be taken with our valves. What we see a lot is people wait for the symptom and then they treat the symptom. Um, and a lot of times, uh, and oh, and by the way, sometimes the symptom is like a big deal, right? Yes. Um, a lot of times that can be prevented <laughs> yeah. just with some simple preventive maintenance happening beforehand. You know, throw a kid in there before you see it doing something it shouldn't be doing or preventing the rest of the process from operating, you know. This kind of mindfulness, I think, really would help our customers on the front end rather than being reactive on the back end. What are, you talk about really tough symptoms. Can you give me an example? Of like, <laughs> uh, well, we're talking about emissions. Yeah. So uh, obviously you don't want a valve stuck open, venting mm-hmm. constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, typically that would indicate I need to do something with that valve. Right. Uh, whereas if you're, if you have more of this preventative maintenance mindset, uh, you can get out ahead of that to where that doesn't necessarily happen because it didn't need to happen. Yeah. yeah. So if you have an inspector of some sort coming out and they find problems like that, like, Hey, this thing is just running. That's a, a, a symptom with a lot of consequences potentially, right? Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. For sure. And just from safety standpoint as well, obviously, yep. uh, not a great environment <laughs> yep. to be in if yep. uh, you're having that much escape into the atmosphere. And you you're know. losing a resource, right? Yeah, you're losing yep. a resource. Yeah, it's just bad all around. Yeah, I think for we sure. agree. <laughs> um, all right, so we said uh, just a recap, a minimum of 12 months is, mm. is what we recommend on all Camry products. To mm-hmm. Check, probably repair, yes. right? Yeah. We'd say replace all the, mm-hmm. take a repair kit, replace all yep. the the goods in there everything that comes with it yep um and then check your conditions and you may need to be more aggressive than that absolutely uh, especially on an earlier well but really just any well check and make sure that your conditions are appropriate for what you've got in the valve and you may need to set a more aggressive schedule like every two weeks every six months definitely definitely and as you know i would say from a producer aspect depending on what you find during those first few months that you're exploring those conditions is a really great opportunity to connect with the applications team, you know, Jordan and his group, uh, because there could be certain things that you can do from a material selection standpoint, whether it be um, elastomers or trim, that they could help you optimize. So maybe you are experiencing really fast uh, wear Um, Maybe you're at a month right now because of the conditions that you're seeing, but it's possible that we have uh, better material selection options Mm -hmm. for you Mm -hmm. that can actually extend that to maybe three months or something of that nature. So, yeah, it's really good. We just talked about that on the last episode about someone's asking for stainless steel bodies. We said, well, that's 
Maybe not the whole body, but we can definitely do some internals yep. to protect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make it last longer. Yep, or other modifications even just to your overall setup. I know that I have a um, customer that I got to meet with recently that was uh, having a lot of issues with wet gas, kind of like we talked about before, and just how quickly it was trashing out their pilot and how frequent they were having to do repairs. And um, they were able to add some dryers to their systems, some mini scrubbers um, in strategic places, and it more than tripled the time that they had in between repairs, which is a huge thing. Um, obviously not something that we had control of. We're not, you know, necessarily selling that product, but it was a great adjustment for them to be able to make and something that I think we could obviously help people find the right solution for them. Very cool. Okay. And we also offer, we have a a field services team that is is growing right now. And so, uh, they will come out to, uh, various sites and, and, do some of these preventative maintenance yeah. services for you. So you can check that out at kimray.com slash field service if you're interested in exploring that a little bit more. Uh, all right, men, anything else on this topic? Curtis, I think just, that just yeah. covers it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's been anytime. fun. Anytime. All right, well, we've got uh, several other resources on the website that we'll point to if you're looking to reduce your emission footprint and, and hit some of those targets maybe you or your, your company has set. Uh, so we'll point to those again in the show notes, and we'll catch you next time on Stuff You Should Know About Oil and Gas Production.